0: I V M.
1: The ability to connect consumers, culture and brand experiences seamlessly is the cornerstone of modern marketing. And in categories that face restrictions on how they market, like the Alcobev industry, this becomes even more crucial as an aspect of consumer engagement. One brand has always had a pulse on managing these aspects, along with integrating technology and data into the mix at relevant junctures, is Bacardi. And today I have Anmol Gill, the head of consumer marketing for India and Southeast Asia on Advertising is Dead, to dig into all of this, as well as how the modern marketer has had to evolve in the world we reside in right now. I am Varun Dugirala, and this is Advertising is Dead, right back with Anmol. Welcome back to Advertising is Dead. We're talking to Anmol. Anmol, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Varun. Thank you for having me. Really excited.
1: You know, one of the things I was thinking about, which, which I thought would be really interesting and dig into uh, while we spoke, because I've actually been looking at the entire journey the brand has had over many years. And in many ways, it's almost like a genre to itself because the way you guys have done stuff has been differentiated in many ways from how, let's say, the larger alcoba business, I look at it from everything, from how you kind of connect consumers, how you kind of map out, different experiences, how you even look at touch points, et cetera. I thought I'd get a macro perspective from you saying, how have you look at this industry evolve just in terms of how you connect to consumers, how you look at it from a marketing and everything else. So it's a macro POV from you to kick things off.
0: Yeah. So I think the Alcobev industry also have very different set of consumers. Now we have more women, different target audience, different age brackets. And hence from a macro level, I think Alcobev has had its own journey in this country. And more so now during pandemic, I think many, many brands went through what they were not even expecting they would. You know, everybody was shooting in the dark. We were all left clueless as brand custodians to how to communicate with your audience. So complex network of AlcoBef and the sudden change of pandemic actually opened unboxed a lot more creativity than we ever imagined.
1: And that's actually an interesting point, right? Because all industries have had to, I wouldn't even say evolve. I think we've everyone's kind of taken. Stuff which was supposed to be for the future very quickly. And on the other end, they, we also kind of took on a bunch of stuff that was aspects we didn't really look into, which are now part and parcel of of day-to-day in terms of how we kind of do everything. What has really changed in the last couple of years? What's really been the, the aspects that weren't necessarily a core part of the mix, but are very strongly there now?
0: So uh, from an Alkoboyf point of view, I think... What has evolved massively is how you engage with the brand and what's the emotional connect you have with the brand, more so Alcobev. I mean, people had emotional connects with probably more consumable products and not as much as FMCG, fast-moving everyday household products. But Alcobev holds a very special place. Brands make in the Alcobev industry actually make some moments really, really memorable for a lot of people and hence it dials up the personal experience aspect of it and it gets coded in the memory as a good memory. I think that's what all brands in this industry have continuously seeked out to do, like create experiences for a target audience across channels. That has evolved quite drastically in the last two to three years.
1: And, you know, when I just look at the the kind of properties that, you know, you kind of built out across brands there are some which is obviously like what you would assume that you you're going to do stuff with music but you're going and you're going to be stuff around food and many other pieces but when I look at just the the way in which it functions what I feel that is that in many of these cases you're going to have almost like stuff you can kind of slap on which will to a consumer seem like you just slapped it onto the brand and you're just doing it that way but in many cases how you also need to make it seamless and whenever I've looked at any of the properties that kind of built out, there's a certain seamlessness to it, which it almost feels like the it's almost property first, but the brand's a core part of it. And I think what I'd love to understand is what do you look at as touch points, kind of build that out? What are what are ways in which you can make sure that when you know as a brand you you you're building an experience, let's say with music or with food or even the social media star one for instance was there. How do you build the sort of way you keep the brand at the at the core of it?
0: Yeah. So Varun, for Bacardi, for the mm. philosophy that we follow in in the company very, very strongly is that we keep consumer at the heart of whatever we do. So you have got to think like the consumer. You've got to sit in his chair, her chair, and feel what they feel. And everything stems from how they feel, what they think and why they do certain things. It's not what they do, it's why they do certain things. And you know, consumers have also evolved drastically. There are different ways they'll be able to express themselves. So the, the one word, uh, for example, if you were uh, sad about something, it's just not you're sad about something, you could be depressed, you could be demotivated, you could be exhausted. So what I'm trying to focus on is that the inside of the consumer is also fragmented in many other smaller insights, which are very, very important because it then talks, it tells you exactly how the consumer feels, what they seek out to do. Brand like ours, like Bacardi brand, forever, if you go back into the memory lane, it stood very, very strongly for music, right? Yeah. Bacardi yeah. Blast started when it started in this country was, was a cult and we continue to do so with evolution on our music platforms you can't create anything for a consumer what you do is you serve the culture that is going on in the current scenario and the way you serve it the better way you serve it will then lead to a seamless integration of what you want to do for the consumer so it's consumer insight what they're trying to seek what the culture Mm -hmm. is and how the brand like Bacardi and we have other brands as well, like Doers in Food, Breezer in Hip Hop culture. How do you serve that culture, which makes it more relevant for the consumer?
1: You know, I want to pick up from that point, right? Is that in many of these cases, you will have, for instance, a property. And when I look at each of these properties that you've just mentioned, a lot of them have almost seamlessly been a part of culture. When I look at Breezer and, and Hip Hop and, and the entire you know, dance experience and everything else, or even if I look at... Something like NH7, which has obviously been around and it's almost been what like a core part of, yes. we've all kind of consumed music. Like I, I know it has been for me for many years at one point, obviously the properties, as they get larger, also evolve and, you know, add many pieces there. How do you make sure that the brand doesn't get lost in it? Cause I think that's also an important point. And many times what happens is I think this queue between content first to brand first, the chance to go one side or the other is very high. So how do you make sure that there's a balance there?
0: Yeah. A very interesting question, Varun, and it takes back to when NH Seven Weekend was being designed for Bacardi, mm. Bacardi NH Seven Weekend, and how it has evolved. If you look at the music festivals in and around the country, they all pretty much look the same, except probably the location changed or the different artists came. What is important for a consumer when a person lands at a you know, festival is more about the ease of being able to see all the artists, to be able to bring your kids, your pets to the festival, to be happy at a festival, and hence Bacardi made NH7 weekend one of the happiest festivals ever, and which was the differentiated factor. Now, let's continue on that journey of how it evolved when pandemic hit. When pandemic hit, the experiences were taken at the home occasion as happy at home with Bacardi. Now, how do you seamlessly integrate your brand when especially you're keeping consumer needs and the construct of the festival in front is when you look at the values of the brand. The values of the property and the values of the brand needs to talk to each other like they are from the same mother. Else, it will be like your brand is posted on the property. It has to stem. The values of the core construct has to speak to the values of the brand. And that's when it seamlessly integrates and it, it looks like To the consumer, it doesn't feel like anything is being forced to the consumer because outrightly the consumer is going to reject it. If you don't, if you try preach the consumer or you do a broadcast to the consumer like the old-fashioned way, no one's interested, including me. That's actually a fact, right? And and the
1: more I'm looking at how the modern consumer has evolved. We're also seeing the fact that the modern consumer today wants, knows for the fact that, okay, brands are going to be part of my content, are going to be part of what I experience, are going to be part of, let's say, an event I plug into or anything else. And they're okay with that. I feel that where they have an issue is when it seems like, we said I think just like slapped on or just kind of like, it doesn't feel like it's part of the same piece, which has been a one of my issues with a lot of content that comes out many times, it feels like, okay, why is this brand a part of this? Like, doesn't make any sense. And, and sometimes it's so obvious glaringly that I'm like, how did the brand kind of jump onto that? And in many ways, I think that tags back to how we are looking at consumer data, how we're looking at what they're reacting to, how they're reacting to it. So when you look at that aspect of it, how have you seen that part of your function evolve, how, how do you look at data now? How do you kind of, and what surprised you from some of the data that you've come across in recent times?
0: So data is a very interesting topic off late because thanks to pandemic, I think everything became digitalized. We had the rebirth of the QR code. QR code existed earlier, but it floated in the system and it sort of emerged all over again. So this whole contactless services deliveries have led to the evolution of QR code and data is plenty now. But what is more important is data that serves the insights that you have already collected and the way we read data. So in today's time, we actually get data for not only Alcobel, but also other categories of, you know, what the consumer bought, when did they buy it, what was the need for them to buy it, how many people were together when they were buying it. We use similar kind of, we, we also sort of focus on first party data collection that tells us what our consumer prefers in terms of brands, at what time, what are the mixers that they like, you know, what would they like to drink, doers with, uh, how fast or how close the delivery of Uh, You know how easy it is for the consumer to access the product and stuff like that. So, collection of data, if can serve the insight and can lead to a purpose-driven action, that's the relevant data for us. Rest, everything is the sea of data clutter. Mm
1: -hmm. No, the problem with data, oftentimes is I think I don't think there's a dearth of data. It's actually how do you look at it? What do what insights do you draw from it, and what you can drive from that? So, just kind of. Adding on to that, how do you look at the the touch points with consumers now then? Has obviously with I think the last two years, one of the most interesting things for me is to look at every single brand and every single category and saying how has the touch point changed? How has that really evolved? Because we've gone from largely physical to a mix of almost like pushing as much digital as possible. to now the uh, an interesting mixture of things from how consumers actually connect with things. How has that evolved? How do you look at consumer touch points, how do you look at okay, which points am I getting these insights from and 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 building from there?
0: Yeah. So for brands like ours in Alcobev, you've got channels, right? And in channels, you have the on-trade and the off-trade. So uh, off-trade is all these shops and outlets where you can pick up your products from. So more emergence of QR code, which actually becomes more contactless, remove the promoters because in COVID times, you have to maintain distance, et cetera. So all of that works in the off-trade. In the on-trade, again, the emergence of Menus, which are digitalized menus, conversation by geo-targeting your, you know, consumer when you're in the. As soon as you sort of walk into the outlet, is again of a lot of relevance. While they may sound like they existed in the system earlier, I think usage of such technologies are even more so now. And off late, I think everyone, all brands, and all tech companies are trying to find more and more platforms which can sort of not only create experiential metaverse space but also lead the consumer from right from content and help them aid purchase. So there's this whole connections that need to happen in tech world, which I think we're all eagerly sort of looking to put together for our upcoming uh, strategies.
1: You know What I feel is also interesting about this whole piece, right? is that on one end, we're talking culture and, and how Bacardi as a brand is really connected to culture and being able to kind of almost tap into where culture is right now. And on the other end, you're also talking about how technology has almost changed how we as human beings function, right? I think we're at a very unique time and, and I feel for brands as well, it's, it's becoming increasingly okay. I need to first figure out how people are even doing stuff anymore. While I'm happier to see that people are kind of also gone back to how we did consume stuff, how we did experience things pre pandemic. I, I don't think it's pre yet. I think we're still in it, yeah, we're um, still. but <laughs> we're still largely in it, but when you look at the same how do you make sure that you have a tap on culture um in terms of this is where culture is right now. um how and and this is um, because it might not be tomorrow the way things have been in the last two years,
0: yeah, so I think culture at the core at the heart of it would stay the it stays the same. It just keeps changing its appearance and where it appears. Now, music, let's take music as a platform. So music as a mm. platform is is, I think, it's in, so integral to humankind as a culture which is here to stay. And the way it has evolved, it became to a point, I think in the beginning, it was just very broadcasting in nature through very traditional mediums like TV and radio. And then it became all about touch and feel. You know, you can actually access the musician, which otherwise you heard him on the radio or television, and you could see the musician in like three feet distance enjoying your Bacardi. And then came the time when you could actually, you can even participate with your musician in one-on-one conversation on social medias, which actually opens, breaks the broadcasting medium and makes it a two-way engagement model. In today's time, you're sitting on your screen, you're actually connecting with your friend overseas, and you're also, again, listening to your musician, and maybe even you get a chance to even participate in creation of his music. So the music culture is, as, as a culture, it'll keep only growing, but the appearance of it and how it appears to on different mediums and channels will keep changing. I think that's what has to be kept in mind versus thinking, oh, the culture is changing completely.
1: Mm. And, you know, I think that's a very valid point. And I think on the other end, what's also, and as you mentioned this very early on in the chat, is that Alkabay was always focused primarily on men in many, I think most categories, just in terms of as a consumer. And it's great to see that's kind of changed as well, because I think the, the modern consumer is no longer just a guy going out and buying a drink. Thank God for that. And how has that kind of, if I look at it from a marketing perspective, how has that kind of changed certain things that were almost core to how we would market this category? And almost like, because it is leading to the future and thankfully it's moving in that direction. But what has kind of changed in in terms of how you kind of build out each marketing piece around the brand?
0: Yeah, interesting question, Varun, because it immediately brings me to the whiskey category. India is mm. one of the largest whiskey drinking countries in the world. And it's amazing how yeah. much whiskey this country can consume. Right? <laughs> and everyone is a whiskey connoisseur. Everyone is a whiskey expert. You talk to, there's a malt guy, there's a whiskey guy, and they're there to give you unsolicited advice. And they'll also probably look below down uh, at you or include you in the gang basis, what brand you drink. So yeah. that's whiskey is a culture in this country so having said that when we launched our brand doers doers is the new age whiskey and we had mm. very severe competition in the country what doers has done very cleverly in the past and continues to do is that they have we have tapped into the changing evolving culture of the, our target audience at the same time we have kept brand values at the surface of it so, as soon as the pandemic hit, actually, we did, you know how this whole wave of master chefs came into being? Everyone mm-hmm. was a master mm-hmm. chef because we didn't know how yeah, long yeah. it was going to log- be in the lockdown. Yeah. So everyone was cooking, baking and doing stuff. At the same time, home occasion became really big because people were consuming premium brands because they could now afford the premium brands because they were not paying the taxes, going out, uh, the cab fare, etc. So your dispensable income became a little higher than that, that how much would you spend otherwise you would land up spending if you went out. So people started yeah. consuming premium brands. And in the space of home occasion, so doers had created you got chef, a series, a food series with renowned chefs. We took mm-hmm. that online. And in this whole wave of master chefs evolving, Food as a culture, Doers served the culture through creating a digital platform called Doers You Got Chef, and uh, that was a very big success. So why I'm giving you the example is in an entrenchment in a market which is so dense with you know whiskey category and it's a super cluttered category. This is how by serving the pub culture, which is the food, by riding on the current trend, which was the Master Chefs online, we actually brought the Doers values up and we created buzz we created noise and had strong engagement conversations for the brand in the consumer audience yeah
1: i have a bunch more questions to ask you but i know we need going for a break so we're just going to do that and be right back with advertising is dead welcome back to advertising is dead we still talk to more. you know one of the things that i call it almost like my that project is to understand how marketing teams have evolved, especially over the last couple of years, what have you kind of added into the mix? What is the composition like Because it, it was pretty much a cut, copy paste in many cases, right across brands, uh, even to like a, about a decade plus ago. But I think that's fast changed. And especially with brands which have multiple categories, well, all across the Alcobev space in your case, but I think each of your brands has such a distinct focus and a distinct audience. How do you structure your team? How, how does your team function without giving away any secret sauce that you can't give away?
0: <laughs> sure, Varun. I think marketing function is like ever-changing, ever-evolving. There was a time when you used to have one individual who used to do sales and marketing. So I think starting from there, what marketing needs in today's time is not a model which is like, because of the, especially because of the consumer, it's not a model which is like a very traditional model. You know, you have, say, one retainer agency who sort of helps you pull out, say, four to five creative pieces throughout a year. You're actually, each brand is churning around more than thousand pieces, content pieces, big advertising in a year versus like those five. So there is no re only a retainer model doesn't help. You have to go to different agencies, different individuals to create, to help, and even in-house agencies to sort of help evolve with the fast-changing consumer and put out pieces of content, engagement, platforms, activations for the consumer. And how I see it now is that research, data point collection, digital all these are such fast and even tech interface all these four platforms are such fast evolving platforms that one brand manager who's managing the health of the product health of the brand i don't think can be stretched so much so mm. fast evolving marketing teams in time to come would need experts who could do that for all brands and while the manager the, the one person who manages the brand focuses on the overall pnl of the brand overall strategy for the brand short term and long term i think we all desperately need tech <laughs> interventions and we yes. would need tech experts as many as possible
1: how is that i mean you spoke about that earlier just in terms of how the experience you know you have everything from the menus to how qr codes and everything else um, how has tech become a large part of your life because anybody who's in advertising and marketing now realizes that we are a, we are a tech business now uh, it's just gotten pushed into that direction Um, I've heard terms, I think I've used the term stack more than I've used any other term in the last one and a half years, which I never thought would be the case. But um, how has tech become a core part of how you and your team function?
0: So see, if the consumer's world has moved to a mobile, he's shopping there, she's watching content there, she's on it 12 hours a day doing different things and not just social media, then that mobile phone actually serves the person so much that you need to know all about what exists there. And because of that, I think tech interventions are required in marketing because, like I said earlier, we need to move from content, which is more about awareness, leading to consideration, how awareness actually helps consider the brand. From consideration, we have to also have to move to conversion, right? It has to convert. So for that, even if I look at how we are currently function, we have a digital team who works very closely with brand managers to look at the digital part, which is the awareness part. The consideration part is also looked by uh, certain campaigns, in, in certain campaigns where we look at how call to action could be, what could be the offline uh, conversations that we have to have with partners to focus on the uh, consideration. And conversion, as you as you all already know, that e-com is evolving in the country. And we have alphabet for the first time in e-com in India in the last one and a half years. and It is here to stay. So e commerce is one place where consideration is changing into conversion. And over and above, we also have special projects, right? Which which will sort of fit in all these three touch points very differently. Uh, So you need somebody to even sort of work on those special projects. So yeah, tech is here to stay. It's making us all very busy.
1: Yes. And hopefully some of the stuff gets automated, like seeing more and more happen. And all the fun stuff stays with humans is what I generally turn around and say. I want to take a step back and actually ask you about your own individual journey, right? When you started off your career, is this what you set out to do? Was this this the plan? Because I often feel, and when I speak to a lot of some of the people who consume this podcast, I'm I'm turning around and saying that not everybody has the exact plan on day one. It evolves over time. What interests you changes over time. I'd love to know how your journey has kind of been uh, from the time um, you started off to, is this what you wanted to do? Is a good place to start?
0: So my personal interest lies in knowing people. Like I draw a lot of, lot of energy from human insights. I love how they think, who thinks what, what are the triggers, what are the barriers. It's just, I think it's just who I am. And because human insights is so important to me, I think marketing comes as a second nature because mm. then it's, it's all about, you know, what I know about the person and, uh, you know, what's the needs, how do they view the world and hence what they, I anticipate This is what they might need. So marketing hence sort of always excited me. Also, interestingly, over the years, I've also drawn personal mission, personal value system of my own, and it sort of marries into what I'm doing currently. A year ago, I didn't think I would be doing so much and so Mm. differently. And Mm. I'm sure in time to come, I would keep evolving as well. But as I think I'm a marketer at heart and human insights excite me. So maybe this is the place for me. And in Algo Bevan Bacardi, there's so much creativity mm. also because of the dark market that we have, right? Because of the dark market, we land up creating programs which is within the legal construct and serves the culture. So that part is really thrilling.
1: I think that's an interesting part which I actually want to ask you about is that, you know, there is predominant reason I look at anybody in, in, the, in the workspace today is that, that the tendency to jump quite often from company to company is pretty prevalent, but there are also many who you see there's so much to do in one organizing organization itself because there are so many opportunities there's so many different kinds of brands so I'd love to kind of get your perspective on how that has a lot of value for someone's career because I feel that jump from one ship to the another is, is quite predominant at least lately but uh, it does make sense to be part of one huge ship and, and, and find different things to do there so I'd love to get your perspective on that.
0: So Varun I think it's honestly, to each its own. But Mm. I think it's very important when you set out to do something for you to know what your own mission is, what your own purpose in life is. And if your purpose in life marries with what you are doing currently in an organization, then be it. And if it means that you need to jump ships to, you know, continuously serve your own purpose. And if that's the right route, you think, then it's fine. But having said that, technically, the pros and cons are So when you're jumping from one uh, ship to another, you almost every time you do that, you have to gather some amount of time to understand your environment, to understand the brand. It takes at least two years for any individual to understand the brand that they're serving. Right. And if you continue staying on one ship, then it's easier for you to see the entire network and choose different roles that sort of grows you as a person, adds value to you and serves the purpose in your life. So, yeah, I chose the latter. I have been for a decade yeah, in Bacardi <laughs> I've been yeah. for a decade in Bacardi, and not a single day, where I haven't loved what I do.
1: Yeah. I think what you said is so It's very important. And and, and this is something which a lot of people are trying to take in that is the fact that it takes you some amount of time to understand the brand. And then if you jump, then you are you, you're starting back from square one. And the value that using those two years and then building over the next like say four or five years and longer has so much more value because you built a foundation for yourself. And I think that's a very important insight for people to kind of take on. And both these answers actually lead up to my, a question, which I ask, I like to ask most of my guests is that because a large part of the audience we have here are people who are early in their careers, who are midway and, and trying to figure out where's the industry going, where, where, you know, where can my job kind of go? What do you, feel the modern marketer requires today? Um, You answered it across the conversation you've had. you give given many bits, pieces, but if you had to kind of look at so the, if, who do you look at or rather, what do you look at when you're hiring someone for your team? Um, but more importantly, what do you feel the, the modern marketer really needs to kind of imbibe and, and have uh, in them?
0: Yeah. So uh, why don't you actually ask something that I usually do. What I cut out first is the marketing jargon. Don't need it. Doesn't work. What really works is how keen is the person to listen and explore? Because the marketing platforms or the way we do marketing, the way, the shape it exists now in today's world, it may not be the same even two years later. So it is continuously changing. Only the person who is listening to the consumer who's listening to the environment, is exploring and is unafraid to try different things is the one who's going to emerge as a marketer. So as a marketer, you have to be student for life. You have to keep learning. The old traditional ways becomes obsolete. New things come and some of the things which are not even existent right now, will, will emerge out of nowhere in a year's time and would dominate the environment. So for things like that, what you need is an explorer's mind. And I think yeah, stay curious. That's what will make a good market you.
1: I think that's great advice for anyone who's. I think that the explorer's mind is a great way to look at it because obviously, if you kind of have those blinds on the side and you kind of go into it, you never know what's coming from the future or from the past. I think we we'll get hit on it, uh, hit by it from both sides. You know, towards the end of every episode, I ask my guests a series of questions. This has nothing to do with work has nothing to do with what we've spoken about so far and these are pretty much state standard over time but it's always fun to see what people kind of respond with
0: is this rapid fire
1: it has been an attempt to be rapid fire but it has never been rapid or has has always gone on sometimes become as long as half the episode in some cases when it when when the conversations led that way but uh, what do you spend a lot of time doing beyond work that excites you and, and and takes up a lot of your interest that people would be like what you spend a lot of time doing that what is your I wouldn't call it obsession, but what is your focus area outside of work?
0: As I told you, I love knowing people. I cannot work with people if I don't know them. And by knowing Mm -hmm. them, I I need to know what they do, you know, who their family is, et cetera. So it often leads me to explore things that I've never read. So off late, Mm -hmm. I've been reading a lot about zinc sulfide, which is like metals and stuff, because I came across somebody who is only, you know, is so interested in chemicals etc so they like to work they have a little chemist lab in their house I don't think I think oh. it's very rare nobody has it so just I haven't
1: heard of that ever. I'm
0: just so curious that I'm like imagining the person being there so I explore a lot of time reading things that makes me uncomfortable so that I just mm. learn a little bit more
1: that's interesting I think the only mixologists I have come across no longer no chemists. I think we only come across people who are trying to make cocktails at home. I feel that's been the I know. the the farthest that I've seen how many people are trying to like age stuff and mix things up. But uh, having a chemi- chem lab at home seems interesting. Also, a bit of a interesting kid experiment to get the kids in there and see what they'll kind of mix up. It's an of.
0: adult um, chem lab. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's so interesting. And taking from there, because you mentioned something which you're reading. Your, your Anything you've read, watched, or listened to recently that you'd recommend?
0: I read this very interesting book called uh, The Growth Mindset. It is mm-hmm. by a psychologist, I can't remember the name offhand, but I picked up that book for more parenting because it mm-hmm. it is it floats like number 2 in parenting websites. But when mm-hmm. I read it I realized everybody should read it. It is a how we have created a culture mm-hmm. where we only reward the winners and not reward the effort and how growth yeah. mindset is only about rewarding efforts and how parents should adopt it but I think everyone should read it so growth mindset probably, it is
1: yeah I think the only other place I've, I remember reading about this concept was I think Satya Nadella's book also spoke about this where he talks about how this is what we should kind of take and I'm happy it's coming in different places but um uh, Yes, effort needs to be rewarded for sure. Um, next one is the most random question of all. It has always been on this show. Um, it just basically says, what can you put together in an instant?
0: A drawing. I can oh, it very quickly.
1: I must tell you this. We are like, what, 150 plus, uh, 160 odd episodes into this show. Nobody has ever said drawing. Yeah. Now that you've said it, I'm like, why has nobody said this? People have said coffee. Sure. Maggie they all the standards have come in and some interesting ones but nobody's ever said drawing so hmm, it's interesting at least got a new one in here after all these episodes nice and what is generally my final question of the show which is a build on top of the conversation and also the topic but I'm actually going to pick something you just said I think the growth mindset kind of leads up to everything right leads up to how we're functioning as adults as professionals as well as where else? But I want to tag it on to marketing. What do you think the growth mindset in marketing will not die?
0: I think the growth mindset in marketing will never die. And it shouldn't. And I actually see a lot of senior leaders be very uncomfortable with the whole word digital, social media. And there are times, instances where we actually, you know, where lessons are given on digital, uh, social media, etc. And I've seen some very forthcoming senior leaders who, are, who candidly say, I don't know it. And how can I learn? And one lesson won't Mm. be enough. Can I get five more? Can you teach me again? And I think that's the growth mindset, right? When you're at the top leadership position and you're running a big, large business and you still come around and say, I don't know it, is, is a very strong growth mindset. And I'm willing to learn. So I think that needs to continue. And that's the only healthy way to grow.
1: And that's actually perfect. I think that's a great way to kind of close this episode off. Thank you so much, Anul. Thanks for doing this. I know we spoke about a bunch of stuff, but I'm going to take the growth mindset part with me more than anything else. Because I think everything you spoke about kind of adds up to this about how you kind of add on things, but you you, you can constantly growing, not as, as a professional, as a team and as a brand as well. So thanks a lot for doing this.
0: Thanks, Varun. I really had a good time.
1: If you like this podcast and you want to listen to more podcasts like this, head over to the IBM podcast website or app or where you get your podcasts from and look at all the podcasts that IBM makes. There's some really fun stuff there.